So we usually open up the show with a joke or something funny or punny, but in all seriousness, death to animatronic spiders is bad. There's a crisis going on in this world, and it's 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 affecting animatronic spiders everywhere. Animatronic, you know, non-moving spiders, plush spiders, hand puppets. It's Jim really Henson. Bad. Jim Henson would be rolling in his grave. While saying waka waka. But not bum bum bum. That was bad. That, I'm not proud of that. I'm proud of that. Oh my god, of course you are. You're proud of everything bad. I've done worse. So I've heard. And I see on your face because that doesn't go away. Not without meds. Lots and lots of meds. <laughs> Welcome to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling podcast. I'm Don. I'm Matt. See, there we go. I'm okay with opening the show on that. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, a lot to go over this week, and a lot of, a lot of major news coming out. There's a, um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of shit to cover right now. Let's cover, uh, I think, uh, the most important stuff, or at least the most pertinent stuff right now, is the whole corona deal. Um, because yeah. apparently, there are multiple people saying that, uh, WrestleMania might get canceled. There's a lot of conflicting reports because I see people saying that it might get canceled or that it might not get canceled. Or I saw one. I forget, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't quote whoever said this. Um, but what I understood was is that they were talking to the city of Tampa, and that it's a. They said that the city of Tampa is saying that it's up to WWE's discretion if they want to move or cancel the event. But Correct. ultimately, it's up to the city of Tampa if it gets canceled, which is weird. So currently, so City of Tampa actually issued out a tweet on tweet this morning at, or sorry, this afternoon rather at 2:41 p.m. Eastern Time, saying, "Hello, at this time, at this time, at WrestleMania is still planned on schedule. Please contact WWE with any questions on cancellation. The city is currently monitoring the spread of coronavirus and will work with venues as needed." The yeah. mayor of Tampa went on to talk about it and saying, "Hey, you know, it's still going on as long." as you know there's still a lot of things that are not going there's still a lot of things that are just you know kind of going as as a watching it as they go yeah um they're still having their st patrick's day parade are you coughing over there maybe corona maybe um they're still going on with you know all their festivities for st patrick's day this weekend uh which here in chicago we've canceled it we canceled st patrick's day that's festivities so no you just got to get drunk at home i mean you i mean you would think that you know a fucking a day full of white people and alcohol would kill the coronavirus but no they're going to be extra careful yep um yeah there's a lot of things that have been canceled there's a lot of trade shows here in chicago that have been canceled we've kind of been hit i would say kind of hard so like in the past I want to say in the past uh, four days, we went from I want to say we went from like three cases of coronavirus to about twenty six. Yeah, and that's I mean I don't want to get political or anything. I mean if you know by the show, you probably know how we lean. We're not gonna be like oh this is this is this person's fault, you know. But the fact of the matter is, this could have been handled a lot better because we're not getting tested as much as we should, and people should have been tested a lot more. And even mm-hmm. with all the hoarding of toilet paper and water, which believe me, I've seen firsthand because I have none of it at work. Um, but, oh yeah, that's right. You work at a wholesale. 
I work at a wholesale place, and literally, like, there are pe- people come strictly just for paper towels and fucking water, and they get pissed when we don't have it. It's like, bitch, like, you're coming at, like, 7 o'clock at night. We close at 8.30, and yet you're asking why we don't have this right now. It's like, because everybody else is coming for the same fucking thing. You're not the only one, motherfucker. Are um, they also grabbing their free samplers, too? Of course. <laughs> but luckily, everybody already wears gloves for that, so. Um, but no, like... I think the way we've handled testing and everything like it, um, we could have done a lot better. Um, and also I think, um, not just one specific part of the media, but I think a a majority of the media has, uh, really like scared the public. Like I can't really remember people being this scared, like not even about like swine flu or bird flu or anything like that. Like this is like, I haven't seen this in, you know, in the time I've been alive. Um, but yeah, no, it's affecting everything. Coachella just got uh, pushed back to April, uh, to the fall. Uh, E3 is canceled this year. Oh fuck, really? Yeah. Ooh, wait. So is Comic Con gonna get canceled this year? You think? Well, that's in June though. That Comic Con in July. So. Yeah. See, my my main things right now are is literally just Ro- the Rob Shine concert in September. That's my yeah. literal main concern. Hopefully, by all the, that time, this will all blow over. But right now, the main things that have been affected are Coachella. E3, um, there are several colleges that are taking precautions as to as to why they're closing down, or at least moving classes to online classes. Like, literally, I have a college right nearby me, and they're they're moving all their shit to online. Um, now, most importantly, the NBA has canceled, or not canceled, suspended the rest of the season. And there was oh. a Utah Jazz game that was supposed to go on, and they literally yep. canceled it right before it started. Because one now of the players got a preliminary tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah, Ru- if I'm not mistaken, it is Rudy Gobbert. That's center- what everybody's been saying. And what's what? funny about it is, so Monday he did a there was a press conference like for the Utah Jazz, and he just joked about the whole coronavirus situation and touched every single microphone in in the room. Yeah, we're and not gonna. I, I just wanted to make it a point uh, for this podcast uh, that we're not gonna we're not gonna say who might and might not have the coronavirus because we don't want to spread misspread that information more than it was anybody already, else. Well, it was confirmed. That, that's, by... that's already confirmed. It's like even the, the whole Tom Hanks thing that was confirmed. He posted it on his Instagram or whatever. But like you know, it still sucks because there's a lot of people like this is gonna really affect their lives for the for the rest of this year probably. So. Yep. And there are talks. So back to wrestling at hand, because that's what most and primarily we're t- we talk about here. Uh, there's talks about you know maybe canceling WrestleMania, postponing WrestleMania, or doing an empty arena show, which would be weird. Now it, that would be weird, but uh, I want to look at this just from both sides. So, so obviously, if they cancel, mm-hmm. um, there's gonna they're gonna lose a significant amount of money because people are still gonna get are still gonna um, uh, get refunds. Because, you know, those tickets cost a pretty fucking penny, yep. even if it is in Tampa. Uh, but <laughs> people are going to want their money back. And then people are also losing money because they've already paid for the flights. They've already paid for hotels. And I'm sure a lot of those aren't refundable. And if well, they no. are, you know, lucky them. I'm not saying everything's not refundable, but most things aren't refundable right now. Even with the whole corona thing with people not wanting to fly. Unfortunately, that's going to be uh, a fuck up, even if they decide to postpone it. But my whole thing is that... If they do it, let's say if they change it to an empty arena, I want to know where that arena is going to be because that's going to be a good business for that arena because obviously they're going to have to pay to, to rent the arena. But also, if they cancel it or they postpone it for later, how does it affect the card? 
Because I, yeah, the I card is know. looking like shit right now. Like, and I even I said this about last year's WrestleMania card, and honestly, that ended up being kind of okay. But honestly, I see nothing, almost nothing redeeming about this card, except uh, Lynch versus uh, Baszler and um, Rhea versus yeah. Charlotte. Rhea versus. Oh, you got out there. How fucking crazy is that? It's 2020, yeah. and the only two, and the only two. How crazy is that? It's 2020, and the only two good matches that look good that look actually WrestleMania worthy so far are the two women's matches. That's not to say that that's there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's you, tell, just... you tell people, you tell people this when the whole "Give Divas a Chance" hashtag started. You tell you tell AJ Lee this back in 2014. She would have her mind would have fucking exploded. Yeah. No. So. Not only is it going to affect, you know, fans as well as numbers for as well as numbers for, you know, people in attendance and things like that. But you got to keep in mind all the local indie promotions that are going to that are going on around the same time. I mean, you have Joy Janela, Spring Break, you have. Hold on, you cut out. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. All right. So you have Joy Janela, Spring Break. You have a ton of different little. Yes, actually, that is true. Uh, to go back real quick to what we were saying about uh, the whole, uh, you know, how America's uh, dealing with Corona, uh, Trump had issued uh, uh, no tra- a travel ban uh, for Americans to go to Europe except to the UK for some reason. And so there's not a lot of it was still vague. So nobody knows if that means the people that are coming from Europe uh, to work these indie shows, if they're going to be able to come over here, because that's going to affect cards that's going to affect shows that's going to affect these guys paydays it is and it's it's interesting to think of like you know what's going do you do you think muta and and suzuki are still going to come oh yeah i don't know i don't know because I don't think Japan has issued any sort of bans. There, a lot of the stuff that they've canceled, they've canceled just out of precautions, not because yeah. they're under quarantine. Italy's under quarantine, but in China, most some of China's still under quarantine. But like Japan has been kind of okay. But I wonder if they're still gonna travel this way. Um, and I'm surprised. I don't know if you saw, but uh, New Japan still canceled more uh, dates in April. Like the whole New Japan Cup isn't happening. Yeah. Now what's interesting? So this is according to PW Insider. Uh, just last year for or just last year for WrestleMania, there was fans from 67 different countries that showed up for WrestleMania. So think about that. Like you think about all those people that where they're coming from, all that air that gets, you know, that gets blown in with the airplanes that come in with them. And then some of those people, of course, even with this going on, you know, there are people that are probably feeling not well and are still going to go because they're stubborn. Yeah. Because that's not just an American thing. That's just, like, people want to get their fucking money's worth. So, oh, wow. This has just been confirmed now. Um, I sent you a tweet on this earlier. I sent you a tweet on this earlier. But WWE just announced right now that they are, are pulling this Friday SmackDown taping from Detroit. Oh, that's that's for real now. Okay. Yeah, and it'll, for, for Detroit, which features Friday Night SmackDown 205 Live, and it'll be at the Performance Center in Orlando this, Orlando this Friday. Okay, so I saw a bunch of rumors before we started about that because uh, NXT tonight just took place from the Performance Center. It didn't look yeah. too bad, honestly, because well, I mean, I didn't expect it to look bad. I was just wondering how they're going to do it. But I mean, they've had smaller, they had that small audience when they did the halftime heat uh, last year. So, so I watched the uh, I watched NXT tonight from the Performance Center, and the way they had it set up was really nice. 
Yeah, it's the uh, if there's one thing that NXT does really good, um, you know, especially is their setups for uh, special events, and this is no different. Like I said, even halftime heat look good. So this will be uh, I mean, I guess now the performance center. So they already have it set up because because of NXT tonight. So yeah, so they just keep it that way. But do they still have an audience though? I don't know. Um, so there's no word on whether this means this money coming Monday's Raw tape, taping will follow suits. Because I think Raw was supposed to come. Oh, Raw was supposed to be from Pittsburgh. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think if if they um, if they end up like going to states where there's more infected people, that's a possibility that they'll probably do that. Um, but I'm really surprised that I'm. Well, I'm not super surprised, but I mean, you know, that they're moving it to the performance center. But I don't know. Maybe they get a small group like that for uh, the performance center. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know what? But it gives it a, a a little bit of a better quality, I think, for these smaller uh, these these smaller crowds, because sometimes it's detri- sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. Um, you know, for NXT, sometimes I think they do need the bigger crowd, but for something like Raw or SmackDown, like I think if you pack in like a smaller crowd, and you know, a lot of those people are probably going to be more hardcore fans. I think a lot of things are going to play off a lot better. Yeah, they're going to benefit from a more intimate, smaller crowd. Yeah, and you know they're they have everything to gain with that. Uh, you want to go over? You want to cover NXT? We'll go over NXT and Dynamite right now. Uh, yeah. So NXT was from the Performance Center. Um, overall, it was a great, pretty good show. I'm not. I'm used so used to watching AEW live on Wednesdays and this kind of like following, following my cliff notes for for NXT. But uh, it was a pretty good show. You had Keith Lee beating. Yeah, Keith Lee being Cameron Grimes, which, God, I, hate, I can't stand Cameron Grimes. I know that's his character, but just, uh. But is it, like, is it, like, is it, like, a go-away kind of hate? Or is it just, like, actual, like, no, it's, because he's a bad heel kind of No, it's just go-away. Oh, okay. It's, like, go-away heat. Um, Keith Lee won, set up for Damian Priest to, to kind of get a cheap shot behind Keith Lee. Uh, yeah, that Jakovic came for the save, and Keith Lee just kind of thought it was thought it was him, and it's kind of setting up the triple threat for Takeover. And that's supposed to be his boy. Yeah. Like that's you know that, I mean obviously it was an accident. I saw a little uh, bits here and there on Twitter when I was watching Dynamite. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. I kind of like I kind of like when they do stuff like that. Like you know, it's it's almost like something they they could have done with the elite recently but i mean we'll get into that later yeah uh mia yim beat dakota kai uh oh, for a qualification match uh it was a good match too it was a really really good match austin theory and tyler breeze had a face-off mm-hmm. uh los conquistadors kidnapped raul mendoza <laughs> i mean that's i mean honestly that's what they look, really look like i don't know if that's what they were going for but i mean that's Good job on them if that's what they were really going for. That was impressive. Yep. Uh, Charlotte Flair beat down Rhea Ripley. How is Charlotte Flair a face again? Because um, she's Ric Flair's daughter. That's, that's, that's fair, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. For Before before Mendoza was kidnapped, uh, he fought Kushida. Pretty good match. Uh, Kushida, mm-hmm. oof. He, he hit that uh, time... He hit that finisher of his. I can't. I can never. I always forget the name of it. Oh, who is it? I'm sorry. Uh, Koshida. Oh, uh, 
I don't remember. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so his finisher. Yeah, we're horrible oh. wrestling fans. Yeah, we're horrible, horrible wrestling fans. But his finisher, oh, it's beautiful. It's a thing of beautiful. So beautiful. Tegan, we, don't, we, know, we don't dare say its name. We're not worthy. Yeah. See, Tegan that's Knox. Okay. That's how you uh, say it. Yeah, Tegan Knox defeated Deanna Perrazzo for a number one contender spot for that ladder match. Deanna Perrazzo is such a babe. Yes, I know. So I guess this means the end of the Tegan Knox and uh, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai thing. Yeah, for now at least. That's a that's a good um, that's a feud that they can always come around back to like later on, just like Gargano and Champa. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not over and done with in just one at one pay per view or whatever. Like they could always come back around to it because they can always uh, dig deep from that well because it's always good because these char- these women are still young. And they're going to be on NXT for a while, so like you know, they, as their characters develop, the feud's going to develop, and it's just going to be even better. Uh, Velveteen Dream is coming for Cole's NXT title, so he's he's made the challenge out there. Um, he had the Broserweights defend their titles against Undisputed Era, and which was a really, really, really great match. Oh, so so good. Uh, Pete Dunn pulled out his inner his inner Eddie Guerrero. With the whole, uh, the him and uh, they brought out, they brought out Cole and uh, why am I spazzing on Roderick Strong? Mm-hmm. Like they pulled him into the ring, and then uh, you know, Matt Riddle was distracting the referee, and Pete Dunne just made the sound of like someone hitting him and falling down to the ground. Yeah. So it got it got Cole and uh, Roderick Strong ejected out of the arena. It was it was good. God bless. It, I was like, ah, oh, he's just channeling his inner Eddie Guerrero. I love, I really like this, uh, this teaming of uh, Riddle and Strong, uh, sorry, Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, honestly, everybody thought that it was going to go for, uh, you know, Dunn was going to go for the double cross on on uh, Riddle. And, you know, I could probably see that. I could see them having a feud at some point, but I'm glad that they're just letting this ride because it's super fucking entertaining. And then the best part of tonight was, uh, Gargano and Champa just basically destroyed the performance center. Of course they did. Uh, they just beat each other like throughout the whole performance center. Like they're they're gonna have to spackle walls. They're gonna have to redo the whole conference room. How are you feeling about uh, Champa and Gargano this time? I like it. I mean, I'm I like it. There's I don't when Champa came back as a face. I don't think they should have. I think that should have been the time when they switched Gargano heel. Like, I think that's my only complaint. Wait, wait, that they sort of switched Gargano heel, that he, that Gargano should have been the baby face? No, I, so... Because that's, Gar- that's what it is right now, isn't it? That Gargano's the heel? Yeah, Gargano should have, sorry, so Gargano should have went heel when Champa came back from his injury. Just straight away? Yeah. Instead of uh, fucking him over at, uh, yeah. at the last takeover? Okay. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, because uh, I was watching that. I don't remember if we even talked about that takeover, but when we were wa- when I was watching it, and um, I was at work when I was watching it too, but uh, I just remember just being so confused. I'm like, why are we doing this right now? Like, I get it. We're probably we're setting up for the Tampa takeover or whatever, or wherever they're having it. But like, it, it, if, like, you don't need to rush it. Yeah. Like let let Champa go after the gold. You know, and just we'll we'll get to Gargano and Champa's at you know at some point or another when or another when they can do it, do it and have more fun with it because you you can always go back to that. Yeah, because it like because it's it, a, 
It really makes no sense because they just NXT. teamed. He sees NXT as the main roster. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that whole, uh, was it the, the AJ, uh, Y2AJ? Yes. It's like that could have like gone a little bit longer, but they decided to do the you know, the backstabbing in order for WrestleMania, which unfortunately sucks for Styles because Styles didn't even win that match. But Now, you watched uh, Dynamite tonight. Yes, I did. What quick notes do you got from Dynamite? Uh, so... Uh, it started off with uh, the Bucks going up to Hangman Page, and you know they were telling him that you know, or Page was telling the Bucks that he's known somebody, he needed somebody that he knows for a long time, and he needs somebody that he can trust, but he doesn't trust either of the Bucks. So uh, he, you know, obviously none of the young Bucks are his partners. So the first match, I love that Dynamite goes just straight to wrestling usually when they open a show. It was mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes versus Ortiz, and Ortiz is one of Ortiz's first. Uh, uh, singles matches in a while. <clears throat> or he's actually really fucking. Uh, he's a beast. He's a he's a beast, but also he's like he's really funny. Like he he was going for that like almost like la- like you know that funny uh, heel gimmick. Yeah. Uh, the whole tiger style thing, but it was that was good. Uh, Cody Rhodes ends up uh, beating Ortiz with the figure four leg lock, which is interesting. Which I really like that because like a lot of the times uh, Cody Rhodes doesn't win just straight off the the crossroads or anything like that like it's you know it's good to see wrestling holds move but especially like still making the figure four leg lock look strong like you see even in wwe matches you see people stop on the figure four leg lock and they don't tap out mm-hmm. like i think this was really good this was really smart uh after the match uh finished santana uh laid out cody and Arn anderson uh tries to save uh, Cody and then Matt uh, Matt Jackson and Kenny Omega come out to you know make the save against the rest of the inner circle, but then Jericho comes up on the Tron uh, and he's talking his shit and he asks like you know oh like you know where's Nick I don't see Nick anywhere oh wait he's right over here and they pan they you know they zoom out and they show Nick Jackson underneath like a, like a rolling garage door mm-hmm. and like they, it looks like they squished him and there's blood coming out of his mouth. Nice. I, see, I, I like literally. The, they're building no, that. They're building that blood and guts match. Really, really good. They really are, and that's that's really interesting because um, I, I thought this was awesome. Like it scared the shit out of me, but like they deliberately had him bleeding from his mouth. Like that's scary as hell. Um. So that whole uh, when they do the picture in picture thing, the whole time was uh, Nick Jackson being put into ambulance, and then. Uh, the majority are the elite all following the ambulance to the mm-hmm. medical facility. Oh, I'm going to uh, run real quick, but keep talking because I'm reading the results as you're, as you're talking. Uh, we get B Priestley and Nyla Rose versus your girl, Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander. So it was a tag team match. Uh, your girl, Hikaru has way too long of an entrance, dude. Like, I, I like her. She's really great, but it's just like, it's, it's, it's almost awkward to, uh, to wait for her to come out. Uh, but no, this was actually a really good match. Um, uh, Peasley and Rose go over. Uh, Rose uh, gives a, he, uh, gives your girl, Hikaroshita, a beast bomb. And so unfortunately she ate the pin this time. But it was actually a really, really good match. Um, and then after B. Peasley uh, attacks Nyla Rose and she shows that she's going after Nyla Rose's uh, champion. Uh we get the Butcher and the Blade with, and Max and MJF versus Jurassic Express. Um, you, hey, you missed me shitting on your girl, almost literally and figuratively. I mean, 
They treat her so wrong. I mean, come on, it's just this one match, and plus they gotta they gotta keep uh, Rose fucking looking strong. But you I know guess. what? Pri- Priestley and Rose is gonna be good. I actually want to see that. That looks really interesting. Uh, Butcher and the Blade and MJF versus Jurassic Express. Uh, this, I mean, Jurassic Express is awesome. Uh, sometimes I get a little bit annoyed with Marco Stunt. Like I'm not saying because of his size or anything like that, but like he, I don't know. In this match, he seemed more of a more of a hothead, and that kind of cost him the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was still a really good tag match. Um, I missed. There was a part where after this match, where uh, Swole and um, there was a video package from CD as well. A little spat up on the ring. Unfortunately, huh? there was a video package from CD as well, challenging Dark Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he channeled Dark Order and was saying about how much Dark Order sucks. Yeah. No, uh, I was yeah, so- like that. Swollen Baker, <laughs> Swollen Baker have their f- whole little fucking uh, spat out the entranceway. I didn't get to see that because I was watching the whole emergency fucking president shit. Uh, Death Triangle, Pac, Pentagon Jr., and Ray Phoenix versus Private Party and Joey Janela, which actually makes a lot of sense as a tag team, as a as a three man tag team, as a trio. Joey Janela and Private Party that actually makes complete sense. I'm surprised it took them this long. Like I really want them to do more, huh? I'm really surprised it took them this long to do that. Right? I think they don't... I mean, I, I think... I, I kind of get it. Uh, they don't pair everybody with, like, their almost, like, equivalent of gimmicks, but mm-hmm. I'm surprised I'm surprised this one didn't happen a long time ago. And Death Triangle has a really, really fucking bumping good theme song. Okay, I gotta give it a listen. Um, but yeah, Death Triangle uh, goes over, and it was actually down one. I think that was the better of the, of the trio's matches. So, yeah, I think uh, everybody already knew Death Triangle was going to go yeah. over because they need yeah, to make Death Triangle look strong as shit. It's their first match. Of course they're going to. Mm-hmm. It's their they're first match. But, I mean, it, I mean, thank God they had, they're establishing more teams. Yeah. Um, I like this. Uh, Sean Spears is still looking for a partner. Um, it's funny. They, they, they did this commercial where they have, uh, you know, online videos. You know, people uh, volunteering to be Sean Spears' partner. Simon Miller pops up. Really? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Wait, like, what culture Simon Miller? Yeah. Interesting. The one, the one that fucking slaps his head. Yeah. Fucking Simon Miller. Alright. Um, JR did a did a sit down interview with Moxley, and Moxley's unfortunately not cleared to compete, and he's pissed off about it because of that powerbomb he took last week, and so he's swearing revenge, that crazy ass revenge that he gets in his eye. And then this was kind of disappointing. Not too disappointing, but kind of disappointing. Uh, we got the main event, the tag team match. Jericho and Sammy Guevara representing the inner circle against mm-hmm. Hangman Page and the surprise uh, a surprise partner. It ended up being Dustin. Dustin? And it was, it, was, it was weird. Well, I mean, it wasn't too much of a surprise, but I don't know. They kind of made it sound like it was going to be so, something bigger. Um, but also, like they, like, they didn't even do the whole, like, oh, uh, Dustin's music hit and hits and that's his partner. It's like, it was weird. Um, like, they cut to the back to one of the girls that does interviews. I can't remember her name right now. I apologize for that. But, like, she asked him, like, oh, like, you're dressed up. Like, you know, why are you in your gear all of a sudden? And Lexi. he's like, I'm here, to do, I'm here to do cowboy shit. And then that's it. Like, that's how they announce it. Lexi. So, I think that's the one you're talking about. Okay. But anyways. Um, that, was actually, that was actually a good match. I need I need more of Dustin Rhodes in my life. He's He's so good with his age now. Like... With 
he's only gotten better with age. It's a, it's a weird thing. So just recently, you know, I rewatched uh, Beyond the Mat. Mm-hmm. Same. And, uh, you know, back then you had wrestlers in their 50s who were setting off, sitting off of greener pastures. Like you had Terry Funk, you had... You you had uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. You had oh, a lot of where? yeah. They were kind of just you know setting off for greener pastures. And if you would have told me now that a 53 year old person could be a WWE Universal Champion, I would have like if you had told me that 20 years ago, I would have been like, you're stupid. I don't. But uh, see, that, that's that's the thing though. I don't think it. Well, hold on. Let me finish this, and we'll go into that right now. Yeah. Um, Paige and Dustin Rhodes be. Um, Gavar, uh, Jericho and Guevara, and the way they did it was actually really neat. Um, mm-hmm. Dust, uh, Dustin hits a hits a destroyer on Guevara, and then as Guevara's like staggering to get up, fucking uh, uh, Hangman gets the buckshot lariat. I don't. Know, I think that transition was actually really cool. I really like the way it looked. Uh, but nice. then in the inner circle, they start beating up on fucking um dustin and Hangman, and then the you know, rest of inner circle starts beating them up, and then one by one the elite come. And they're uh, Jericho and uh, Hager dragging um, Hangman to to the top of the ramp to triple power bomb him like they did Moxley mm-hmm. last week. But then mm-hmm. Matt Jackson is the last one that comes uh, to come out from the back. He mm-hmm. saves Hangman Page. He fucking beats up everybody, and then he goes to Hangman. Looks like he's about to shake his hand, but instead flips him off. <laughs> Blood and guts is gonna be so interesting when forty percent, sixty percent of the team hates each other. Basically, I wonder how they're. Oh, you cut out there. I want to say obviously that like they're gonna go for a for a cross of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think do you think Heyman goes heel now? Do you think he like joins the inner circle or is he just like fuck over the elite and then he I, he just rides up into the I don't see that at all. I just see it as you know, like they're gonna get their uh, they're gonna lose blood and guts. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to be used as a hey, you know what? We used to be friends. What the hell? Well, get this so shit next, next week they're having a six man of the inner circle in the elite, and the winner of that gets the advantage in blood and guts. So eventually, blood and the rules of blood and guts are almost the same as uh, war games. Like mm-hmm. two men start, five minute, inter- and then every. Oh. Until all ten uh, people are in the are in the cage, and then the match officially begins. My theory, if I was writing this, um, Hangman doesn't come out. Hangman is super reluctant, and he probably comes out like way later than he's supposed to. And then he helps the elite, and then he's just like, "I'm done. Like this is the last thing I'm gonna help you with." And then I'm done. I'm out for sure. Mm-hmm. So that way, he at least still he's still the baby face. He's the hero, and he can move on to whatever the fuck he's gonna do next. I mean, he still has the tag team champions. The he has the tag belts with Kenny. But I mean, he can probably they can lose those pretty quickly, and then he's you know he's a fucking star. I can see that. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, you were saying about Beyond the Mat, uh, all, yeah. all these fifty-year-old, like you know, these older wrestlers just kind of going to the wayside. And but that's the thing, though, is that it's it didn't really happen with key wrestlers because like even Terry Funk in his age, he was still pretty hot. Like he yeah. was so hot that he helped ECW. The only uh, Coco Beware, Coco Beware was never really. Uh, I wouldn't like he was big, but I would never like say he was a main event star. But he really wanted the spotlight. He just it just didn't translate later on down the line. 
Jake Roberts, you know, unfortunately at the time he did have all those problems. He had addiction problems. He had, you know, just a bunch of shit that he was dealing with. And luckily he's doing better now because of DDP and DDPY. And that's fucking awesome for him. But I think it's just, it's, it's a case by case basis. Like, you know, it, it, some people have a harder time uh, dealing with, you know, getting older and not being able to wrestle. Or some people just don't know how to save their money. Like, you know, look at Piper. Like, Piper had some problems too. Uh, but he, you know, towards the end of his life, he was still he was actually doing a lot better considerably. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Hall is still pretty popular. I mean, he's like, like everybody fucking loves the shit out of him, and he's older. Okay, like, there's a difference though between you know being popular and being champion. Cause like, there? yeah, I'm here. You cut out. Oh, I said there's a difference though between being popular and being champion. Yeah, I guess so, but I mean, you know, um, Scott Hall never had the belt. No, yeah, no. And he's and he's a. Lot, I would say he's a lot harder. He would be a lot hotter than Goldberg. Oh, I would one hundred percent say that. But I don't know. I think it's just the way people view the legends now, as opposed to like the the nineties. Because like. Because when when Beyond the Mat was made between the years of ninety six and ninety nine or two thousand, like you know, there was a major shift in 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 cutting the wrestling culture because we were going from you know the, all these like these weird characters from the early nineties and late eighties to the Attitude Era, yeah. where, it was, where it was like a lot of Jerry Springer, a lot of cursing, a lot of bad words and shit like that, a lot of nakedness, a lot of blood. Like it was just totally different. So they couldn't really uh, they couldn't really adapt to that. Whereas now they're leaning on those legends uh, for the nostalgia angle, and it fits Correct. because they don't have, they don't make them do anything more. They or you know maybe they make them do a little bit less by probably not taking bumps, but they're there to be who they were back in eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety three, whatever the fuck, and you know they get their payday like and they're getting a lot, uh, they're getting a lot better. So unfortunately, like but it, it's still like a really fucked up thing. It's like the wrestler. Like that rest that that movie is such a fucking good movie and it's still kind of sad but like I think it's a lot different now. Um, you know what match fuck or what part of that DVD really like fucked me up a lot more now is um, the when he's following mankind around. Yeah. And he's uh he's at the Royal Rumble match. Oh yeah, yeah. And like just seeing him take those chair shots like. At, at first, I probably thought like, "Oh man, that's so fucking cool," and I, you know, that's fucking extreme. And now I'm just like, "Oh my god, that poor man's head." <laughs> and then not it's, only that, his kids. Yeah, his seeing Noli Foley and uh, Noel Foley and her, her brother just—it was like that's a brutal thing to watch. And it was interesting that you know a few weeks later he showed the he showed that footage to Mick Foley and he's like, "Oh god, I'm a horrible father." <laughs> You keep cutting out. You cut out again. I said, uh, it's interesting that you know he showed that footage to Mick Foley a few weeks later after after that Royal Rumble event, mm. and Mick was just like, "Oh my God, I'm a horrible father." Yeah, he like he 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 kind of realized that you know he was sort of being selfish because yeah. like he, he kept trying to explain to his kids like you know this is you know these are daddy's friends this is you know this is just a little owie but he's just like no yeah. like this is probably gonna leave a scar on my children. Um, yeah. And especially Dewey, even though he had already been caned, like I'm just you know surprised that he barely thought of this now. So it was filmed and it was filmed uh, throughout 1997 and 1998. Okay, he said three years. 
Well, it was released. So it was released in October 22nd, 1999. Mm, okay. So it was released towards the end of 20 of 99. Okay. So, yeah, because he said he said it he said it was about three years that he was on the road. So you figure 97, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I guess that is three years. Um, yeah, I just... And then after, like, it's funny, too, like, looking at it now, like, I, I can recognize so many... Well, like, I can now actually recognize, like, a lot of people that are behind the scenes. I'm just like, oh, that's that guy. Oh, that's that guy. Oh, that's that guy. Oh, that's that guy. Um, it, was, it was actually really interesting to see uh, Jim Cornette there. Yeah, sometimes I forget that he was uh, that he was part of it. Yeah, I was just like, oh, like he, man, he wasn't making starving jokes then. Yeah, I was like, oh man, and a new Jack. Dude, I am. Um, I'm kind of excited. Uh, I think we talked about this last time. The whole dark side of the wrestling is coming back at the end of the month. I yeah. really want to see that new Jack episode. That's gonna be interesting. Was it? What did he say? Uh, um, four justified homicides. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ! I love how he actually stuck. He he like he got really chummy with the the dude who was making the documentary too. I thought that was funny. It was really interesting. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was like to to, to further his career, but yeah. Yeah, I think if I'm. If I'm correct, New Jack is still kind of struggling with his demons. I hear he's an asshole, too. That's what I hear, too. Is I hear that quite a bit, that he's just an ass. I mean, there's... So, after the Hardcore Homecoming 2012, like, a lot of people were like, he should never wrestle again. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he still kind of does... Um... I mean, but people have been saying that for years. Ever since he uh, he beat the shit out of that one guy for yeah. uh, for you know dropping him like that, uh, the ECW oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, I forgot Big Daddy Dave Meltzer was in it too. Dude, he looks like such a baby. Yeah, and he was his... less he was less buff. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, look at him! He's just a little baby faced Meltzer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. What was interesting is, like, so, just because, you know, we know Jake the Snake was battling his demons then, and, like, he looked like garbage back then. And, like, just kind of comparing it to now, like, now that he got his, his life together. Yeah. Do you remember, and I'm sure you remember it more than I do, but I, 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 I kind of, I remember it vaguely. Um, do you remember when Jake Roberts turned up on Raw randomly in 2002, 2003, and he confronted Randy Orton? Yeah, I did, I did. And you know how much, like, shit he looked in, you know, at that time? He surprisingly looked better in Beyond the Mat than he did at that time. Yeah. Not to be an asshole or anything, but... He's... I mean, but he's got his life together now. That's the important part. I'm You know what, honestly, and not to to sound even more like an asshole, that's the one person I'm surprised that's still here. I know. Like, thankfully he is, but, like, you watch this and you hear about all the stories that he's gone through, and it's so surprising that he's still here. But, you know, he has so much to offer. Um, I didn't mention this in the in the rap, in the the review of Dynamite, but at the beginning of the... Co- uh, uh, during the Cody... Um, uh, fuck. Cody Ascent, uh, Ortiz match, uh, 
Jake Roberts and uh, Lance Archer right ringside. Really? So that's his client's Lance Archer. Lance Archer is his, uh, is, is his client, and I think they could have done this in a little bit better way. But I'm actually I'm really excited to fucking have Jake Roberts in AEW in any sort of wrestling show, actually. Yeah. Because that did you, you? I mean, you obviously saw last week that he still like he has the the voice. That promo that he gave, he still has the voice. You can see also that like he was trying to like he was soaking it in a little, but he's just like, all right, cool. I'm like, I need to get to work now. And just the the way he delivered that last line and just executed everything, it was perfect. Yeah, it's like that's how you should be using uh, these legends instead of just putting them up on a pedestal instead of just fucking you know bringing them in for a segment to like pimp something like you know you actually help them put over. The young talent or the or established talent that needs to be put over even more because Cody's already in the fucking established talent. But yeah. not only was he do not only was he doing a favor for Cody, we now know he's going to be working with Archer, which is only going to make Archer look even better because like Archer has uh, unfortunately had like a lot of stop and start with his career, um, and like he's gotten a lot better. He was he was really entertaining in New Japan. Um, so it's with the fucking Roberts on the side. I wonder what the fuck the ceiling is for Archer. It puts a lot of. Uh... It puts a lot of invest, like it shows the investment that they have in him. Yeah, I wonder what he gets paid for something like that. Uh, because they're, yes. they're 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 investing in him in multiple ways, but I wonder what that pays like. They, I mean, pretty good. I'm assuming. It's like do they pay him with like a sandwich and like a DDP bar or whatever? <laughs> Does DDP have bars? I don't think so. He should. Uh, uh, sorry, give me one second. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, that was good to see that again. I haven't seen that fucking documentary in forever, and that's actually one of the better of the not WWE-made documentaries that's out there. Have you been watching the Ruthless Aggression stuff? No, not yet. Oh, dude. Uh, did we talk about it? Not yet. So it's actually really good. What, um, I think we'll do a I think we'll do a season breakdown like after all the episodes are. Yeah. yeah. Wanna, well, no, I want to get aired. like in depth with it. Huh? They all aired. They all did. Yeah, they only did like five episodes for this season, and then they started up again in the fall. Okay. So this, uh, so we'll talk about it next episode. But like, okay, so the first episode is like an encompassing of the whole ruthless aggression era. The second episode is John Cena. The third episode is um the Evolution, brand split. Okay is the brand split itself the fourth episode is uh brock lesnar and then the mm-hmm. fifth is evolution okay um and it honestly you can you smell the bullshit from the first episode though because <laughs> the way they talk about um uh the the switch from the from the wwf to the wwe they don't they don't tell the truth they're like oh vince McMahon is such a genius he knew that we needed to rebrand and we he, we, he knew that we needed a fresh start in order to make things fun and interesting this is like bull fucking shit you lost to a fucking panda like come on it's it's shit like that <laughs> where like I, I like I, I take all these with a grain of salt as fun as they are to watch like i take all these with a fucking grain of salt especially since i fucking lived through it yeah it's, I mean, it should be interesting. I mean, we got a lot of good stuff out of the Ruthless Aggression era, but I mean, it should be interesting. Um, I mean, one of the things that we had uh, coming out of that was Evolution, which I think, so, 
kind of put that in perspective, translate to other things. Uh, you know, we have uh, NWO being inducted to the Hall of Fame this year. We've had the Four Horsemen inducted, DX inducted. It's only a matter of time before Evolution gets there, too. And all, well, yeah, and everybody, like, you're getting, like, as we go on to inducting more of these factions, you're going to get more uh, two-time Hall of Famers. Because at first it was just Ric Flair. Because Ric Flair was in the Hall of Fame on his own, and then with the Four Horsemen. And that's obviously deserved because he's very deserving of, of you know, being inducted twice. Yeah. Um, but does Batista yeah. need to be inducted? He's already been inducted. Uh, I mean, Flair would be three-time, you know, and then Orton and Triple H would be, you know, it'd be their first induction, so that probably won't even happen until, like, 2030, if that. I don't know. It might be happen sooner, I think. Um, but I don't know, like, what other factions do you think that should be in there before they fucking put in, like, the Union? Uh, Ministry of Darkness. What is the Ministry of Darkness to you? Yes. Because if you are counting the Ministry of Darkness, it's like it's like inducting the NWO. Like, are you gonna just like induct the core group of the Ministry of Darkness, or because like the Ministry of Darkness was fucking the Brood, it was the Acolytes, it was Midian and Viscera, it was the Undertaker, it was Paul Bear. Like, you you have a whole fucking cast of characters. You have, uh, fuck, I think even Ter- uh, Tori, uh, when she was dating one of them. Was she? That's actually pretty. Not exactly oh, part of the ministry, but I think she was like with somebody. So, it would be. I would probably just induct the core ones, which was so Taker, Acolytes, and Taker, Acolytes, and Kane. Kane was never part of the ministry. Or, oh yeah, Taker and Acolytes then. Taker and Acolytes, and I would say Viscera, because Viscera was one of the first like. Uh, uh, like converts to the ministry. Who's, who's the oh Don Callis? I forgot used to manage the acolytes. You cut out what? I said Don Callis used to manage the acolytes. I completely forgot about that. Did he? Yeah. Oh. When he was the oh. jackal. Oh shit! That's right. That's right. I the can... whole jackal thing. Because even he was with the oddities too. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I miss the oddities. That's, they're not my choice, but I miss them. Uh, okay, uh, so then Don Callis is never going to get inducted because of his relationships with Impact and ROH. I mean, just off of his work as... Uh, as uh, uh, What the fuck was his name in ECW? Osiris? Cy- yeah. Yeah, just off of that all that, I don't think he would he would have been inducted. Although he should be. You know who should be inducted uh, before we go into more factions? Joey Styles. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I, I know he said some stupid shit a couple years ago, which is why he stopped, you know, commentating altogether. But I think he still should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll take him over Jim Cornette any day. For real. Um, so who would you induct? You said the uh, Ministry of Darkness, right? Yeah, Ministry of Darkness. Okay, I'm going. Um, I'm going Nation. Nation? Yeah, I'm you know what? You know what? Nation domination. I'm going to nation domination, but I'm talking about uh, the not the first incarnation, but the second. So uh, with with the Rock, Farouk, Rocky Maivia, Kamu Mustafa, D'Lo Brown, and Mark Henry. 
And if you want to be fun, you can throw in Owen Hart. Because actually, Owen Hart did... He wasn't in there long, but, I mean, he... It made it interesting. You, you know who I would throw in there? Mm. Uh, faction-wise? Mm. The Job Squad. Okay, you cut out. I said the Job Squad. <sighs> of course you would. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... I mean, Gilbert is long overdue. Right? He's he. That's who should have beat the fiend. Yeah. Um. Or how about PMS? Oh yes. I mean, uh, you know, we need some more pretty mean sisters in the fucking hall of fame. We do. Who the fuck? Where the fuck are they? Do you think the corporation would ever go into the hall of fame? Do you think they'd no. be gauche? No, I don't think so. 100% no way. Be interesting. I'm sure, like, at some point, they're probably going to run out of people to put in there, so it's like, oh, this is a fucking corporation. Hmm. But, uh, no, I think if anybody, yeah, I think the nation above all needs, nation. To, go yeah. the, needs to go to the Hall of Fame because that, if, uh, you know, maybe a lot of them didn't, you know, come straight out of the nation looking, you know, the best, but, like, you know, fucking Kama became the Godfather not too long afterwards. The Rock became the fucking Rock, and you know the nation. Uh, Farouk did his own shit after. D'Lo Brown is the only one that kind of ended up being a bit of a dud. I mean, uh, he still had a really good he still had a really good career, but I mean, he's yeah. the one that's a bit of a. And then fucking Mark Henry. He like, became he sexual chocolate. Yeah, like, and then he became the fucking Hall of Pain like later on. Like, he, he, there's no faction that I can think of in the WWF that. Mm-hmm housed so many people that became great single stars because if you look at Degeneration generation x triple h became a great single star cool xbox and eh. uh the new age outlaws remember they're not single stars they're they've always been the tag team they've never really worked as single stars china yep. she worked out but that's about it yep. fucking um now that's really it this is i mean this is a, the ministry of darkness just fucking take her unfortunately gangrel's not an edge okay edge and christian that's about it Los Coquisadors. The Brood. Uh, but you have to do both versions. The Brood and Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say the Brood are the new Brood. You need both of them so that way they both get a. Fu- it would be funny if the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian go in as, like, not even as their own tag teams. They go in as part of the Brood. Yeah. That would laugh so hard. Well, uh, wait, isn't. Both, aren't both Edge and Christian already Hall of Famers? Is Christian in the Hall of Fame, really? Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'll double-check that, but I know, obviously, Edge is in the think, Hall of Fame. I think he was inducted in... Uh, I know he's part of the TNA Hall of Fame, or the Impact Hall of Fame. So, uh, let's pull up the Hall of Fame wiki. Uh, oh, shit, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no, he's going to be inducted this year. Oh, wait, when did this... No. When did this... No, I, no, he's not. I'm like, he's already in the... No, he's in the Hall of Fame, I'm pretty sure. No, he's not. Are you sure? It's Christian is a two-time World Heavyweight Champion, two-time ECW WWE Champion, and seven-time Tag Team Champion, yet he still has yet to be inducted. And this was written as of December 10th, 2019 from Give Me Sport. Yeah, he's not from, in the Hall of Fame. From Give Me Sport? That's literally the, web, the website. Saying that was the first thing that came up on Google. Uh, yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not in the Hall of Fame. I thought he was inducted in like. No. 
Damn. Yeah, he's not inducted. Yeah, everybody, like, all these all these articles, Christian needs to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I mean, they gave him the World Heavyweight Championship after Edge retired. Like, I think that's enough for now. <laughs> you know who's not in the Hall of Fame? Oh. The state of Alabama. We're not going to go one show without... Well, capping on Alabama, are we? <laughs> no, we're not. We are not. Just like their sisters, we're not going to give them rest. <laughs> oh. Oof. Everyone in Alabama is just going to be so pissed at us. But that's okay. It's okay. So, they're not, not going to survive the swamps. When is the Hall of, so when is the Hall of Fame this year, anyways? Is it's it going to be Friday, a, isn't it? But Friday SmackDown. Uh, I don't know. April second. So, what? Oh yeah. Wait, no. I thought they were restructuring it where NXT is on. NXT is still on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Takeover still Saturday. WrestleMania. Oh, it's so, Thursday. So it's the Thursday before. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So Hall of Fame is Thursday. SmackDown on Friday. If they cancel everything else, do you think they'll still they'll still probably still do the Hall of Fame, right? It'll probably be like a small thing. We decided in order for <laughs> to keep things small, we've come to this Chick-fil-A to get <laughs> the NWO, their chicken sandwiches and waffle fries. Congratulations, boys. You've made it. Um, What is it? Corey Grace podcast is going to have the next announcement for the next Hall of Famer. That's one way to do it. Okay. They, they really want to push those podcast numbers. I mean, at least... Because it's not working on WWE backstage. At least somebody... Oof. At least somebody does. <laughs> and CM Punk has been on lately, hasn't he, or no? He, no, he, no, he hasn't been on in a couple weeks. Uh, when it uh, when uh, he is on, they, they pop over 100,000 views. Yeah, just imagine when people thought that that was going to be a good idea to consistently keep backstage going. Like, that's... It's not going to work. Nope. Um... What did you think of Elimination Chamber? Eh. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was predictable. The people who were upset about... The people who are upset about Shayna Baszler kind of tearing through everyone, it's like, well, you want a monster heel. Like, you want a monster challenger for somebody, but you get upset about when they do it with Shayna. Like... Bandwagon too. I'm a, I'm part of that collective that was kind of angry of the way they did it. But here's the thing: is that they were building uh, a lot of stories for this, especially with the riot, with, with the riot squad. Yeah. The smart man would have had Sh- Sh- uh, Baszler come out last, like dead last, because then you would have had let the riot squad deal with their shit. You would have had some some kind of okay looking spots, and then you could have Baszler do like almost a clean sweep. But you could so you could have and then and then you could have kept you know or you could have kept Oscar versus you could have made still kept Oscar last but still have Baszler come out like second to last but it was you have that weird like she eliminates Sarah Logan she eliminates Ruby Riot and then she's waiting for Liv Morgan to come out and then she does that nasty fucking swing onto the chamber pod with Liv yeah. Morgan and then you have her wait that awkward amount of time for Oscar to come out and then you have her you have her kick Oscar's ass yeah like that's just the way like i get i knew that that's what they were going to do i understand the execution of it but it could have been it, it could have been done a lot better it could have been done better i mean i'm still happy with it overall it could have been done better but eh, like i mean 
I'm just glad that they're they made her look like a monster because it makes it makes it look like more of a challenge for for uh, Becky Lynch because if you had her come out and she's not you know she's no, not I get what you mean. through I the wire. I get what you mean, and I don't. I, I you know I, I understand that, but like you're promising these different stories and you don't deliver on them. Like it's it's kind of a waste of it's it's been a waste of time I mean, if that's the case. That's that's WWE though. Yeah, that's true. Like that's how they are. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, I don't know. I wasn't so I was like I said I wasn't so mad that she beat Oscar as just the way everything was done. Did you know Big Swole and so setting us sidetrack things? Did you know Big Swole and Cedric Alexander are married? I didn't until this week. Yeah, neither did I. Uh, that shoots down my chances. Uh, <laughs> but that explains why Cedric's getting buried. E- yeah. I'll go with that. It's fucked up. Yep. So. So wait, so, so wait. Fucking Casey Consonero. Cus, cus, how the fuck do you say your name? Casey, uh, Con- Casey Con- Yeah, yeah, I think that's how you say it. She, uh, she stayed with the WWE, and yet they're burying Ricochet like a motherfucker. Like, wow, see the logic in this. Do, do you know what's the one thing Ricochet and uh, and Cedric Alexander have in common, and why probably why why Vince McMahon is burying them? Brown? I was going to go with they have charisma, you racist. <laughs> they have brown charisma. <laughs> um, oh, um, God, I'm going to die. Yeah, you are. You are. Uh, um, Shane, everybody's looking like a fucking beast. Let's go, let's go through the WrestleMania card real quick as it is right now. Um, we got Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, we have John Cena versus The Fiend. We have Goldberg versus Roman Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. We have Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship. And then we have Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. All of these singles matches, there's no fucking stipulation or no gimmick so far involved in any of these. Here's how hard they're trying to push the Goldberg thing. On WWE's main page, it says why Goldberg is the best part of WrestleMania. I said, here's how hard they're trying to push Goldberg. On the front page of WWE.com, it says, mm-hmm. why Goldberg is the best part of WrestleMania 36. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to click on that, but I just okay, excited. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's not good. Uh, and obviously, there's going to be a lot more matches added. Or maybe they keep it short because if they have to cancel it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's looking like Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins right now. Um, Street Profits maybe against AOP? Maybe. And then SmackDown tag, t- tag title wise, who fucking <laughs> Miz and Morrison versus maybe they do another multi man tag match? Or do you think they do uh, Miz and Morrison versus, I don't know, fucking New Day again? Or even the Usos? It's Miz and Morrison versus Usos. I think they need to do another tag team ladder match. Probably. I, I really miss the whole, like, you know, ladder matches and shit like that at WrestleMania. Like, I miss having the Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania because it just made all the sense in the world. 
Yeah, there's like no big stipulation matches. Yeah. Like, okay, like, yeah, championships, cool, whatever, but like, there's nothing fun. It's all business. I need more fun. Need I, more need, fun in business. I need I need somebody to suck my dick and put a finger in my ass. Not that, I'm not saying I like it like that. I'm just saying I need it. I mean, I don't need it, but I'd like it. I hope you know my mom could hear that. Ah, fuck. <laughs> this is all metaphorically speaking. <laughs> all super metaphorical. I don't like things up my bum that aren't mine. I mean, what? <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I just, I mean, I, 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 I will keep hammering this and hammering this. I hate that we have, you know, pay-per-views named after stipulations because that just ruins the surprise. Yep. I'm pretty sure, though, that we're going to, so the uh, da-da, Becky Lynch versus, the Becky Lynch versus Shayna match is going to be turned into a stipulation match, or turned to a uh, submission match. Either submission or last woman standing. Yeah. Which I'm okay with either one of those. Uh, oh, uh, fucking um, Bailey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bailey versus Naomi, I think? Mm, they did that at Super Letdown. Yeah, but they'll probably do it better. Or maybe they do. But they add Lacey Evans in to do a triple threat. Mm, not that. Well, I don't know. Paige is set to uh, confront Bailey for some reason on SmackDown. So Paige is going to be a mouthpiece for someone? I guess. I don't know. We'll find out Friday. Mm. Should be interesting. Yeah. All right. Anything else we got to cover? Because I think that's it. I think that is it. You can follow us on Twitter. What is our Twitter handle? It is uh, TNDS Podcast on Twitter. And you can follow um, you on social media. We're at? Uh, uh, Fury and I, F-U-R-Y-N-I. Not to be confused with Fury and I. Uh, <laughs> never gets old. Actually, it does. Um, you can follow me on all my social media at L Don Bruno. That's E L D O N B R U J O. And we spell it out for you, Alabamians, because we know you have a hard time with letters. Yep. We reckon y'all don't read well. I didn't say all that. I just said they couldn't spell. I didn't say they were fucking completely. You took it too far. <laughs> you took it too far. Oh my I'm pretty God. sure what? that's. I'm pretty sure that's what someone says in Alabama to their sister once in a while. Wash your hands, motherfuckers. Especially after that. Wash your hands. Yep. Wash your hands. Wash your minds. Um, and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>